Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the United Mates Football Podcast. Today's episode is a bit of a one-off in that my co-host Joe can't be here, so I'm flying solo on the presenting front. But fear not, listeners, you don't have to just listen to me talk for the rest of this podcast, because I'm delighted to be joined by today's guest. Seb White is the founder and managing editor of Mundial, which doubles up as both a football magazine and a creative agency. They're even running a weekly podcast series called Giant, so in that sense, we're clearly bitter rivals. He's also the media director for National League Southside Hampton and Richmond Borough, but there's another club very close to his heart, and that's Yeovil Town, who we will be talking about a bit later. Seb White, welcome to the United Mates Football Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. How are you doing this evening? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. It's busy. Um, it's busy on all fronts. Uh, my job, uh, deadline, deadline day for the podcast, The Giant, which comes out every week on Spotify. And also Hampton and Richmond are playing in the FA Cup first round for only their fourth time in their history on Sunday. And it's also on BBC. So uh, what I thought would, would be a fairly low key volunteer role as a media director has turned into quite um, Quite full on as, as yeah, the, the world, not the, you know, a lot of media to send on a very small but lovely, charming non-league football ground. Well, hopefully the name of, uh, what is it, Hampton and Richmond uh, Borough will be in the in the hat for the fifth round and you'll be even even busier, even more bombarded. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> the fifth round, oh my, my goodness, I like that. Yeah, well, the second round would do, because that'd be the first time. Oh, I apologize, I misheard, I heard fourth over first. Sorry, but yeah, first <laughs> round, yeah, yeah, but... Hey, let's, let's dream big. Why not? Yeah, why yeah. Not? We'll just jump to the fifth round. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so well, the chairman would be happy, and the rest of the board members would be extremely happy with that. Yeah. 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 No, I think maybe that's a trick. Yeah, if we can do that, we might as well. Um, otherwise, <laughs> yeah, as a little icebreaker, um, as yeah. we tend to do on this show, I've got a question, and then as it happens to be more often than not, it's going to be a food-related question with these icebreakers. So, given all of the traveling that you've done for kind of traveling for football specifically i'd imagine that you've enjoyed a decent variety of match day foods in your time so the question is what is your favorite match day food my favorite match day food now i i became a vegetarian two and a half years ago nearly three years ago now but i will never forget how good the uh, kiddie broth was at kidderminster harriers which was um something else soup it wasn't really a soup it was thick Veg, thick bits of meat, all sorts of things in there. The kiddie broth, uh, I still, I still dream, uh, dream about on those days when, um, yeah, I probably had too many greens. But yeah, that that is certainly the one I would uh, that stayed with me the longest. Famous Kidderminster broth, eh? Yeah, out, they do a I great pie as well. They do a great yeah, pie. Okay. Yeah, they're often they're often put down in these charts as um, expensive pies, but it is like a full meal with a knife and fork, and it is incredible. So. Go to Kidderminster and, yeah, have the food there and the football be all right as well. Yeah, I was going to say, come for the football, I guess, stay for the dining experience from the sounds of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, moving on to a few personal questions for you, Seb, and I want to save a bit of Mundial chat for a bit later, so we'll focus on the the pre-Mundial days for now. And um, taking it all the way back, in fact, I guess, how did it all start? How did you you fall in love with football? And uh, beyond that, what type of footballer do you sort of see yourself as? I mean, we've all played the game. Some of us still play. Are you? Yeah. What, what position are you? Yeah, very oh, good. Well, I first fell in love with football. Um, my dad, my granddad, I had all their magazines passed down to me when I was little. So the first thing I remember was flicking through old shoot magazines or goal magazines, as they were known, world soccer magazines, and that was and that was it really for the start. And then I started getting shoot magazine myself, which then became ninety minutes, became four four two, but. 
Um, I grew up in a small uh, town in Somerset, southwest of England, uh, called Yeovil. And my school was right opposite the old ground. It was, um, and I would see it every single day. My granddad would go every, every other week for home games. My dad would as well, but he was often working. So my granddad would often take me. And yeah, and it all went from, it went from there really. And the, the, the old ground was very traditional, very old non-league football ground known at the time for its sloping pitch. But it, um, yeah, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the, okay, there wasn't 50,000, 40,000 people in there. There was barely 2,000 some weekend, some Saturdays, but that was good enough for me. And I could see the floodlights in my bedroom as well. So that was it for me. And then, yeah, the magazines alongside all that, reading the magazines and just getting them and just absorbing football in, in any way I could, which is very different back then. I'm, I'm 40 years old, um, which makes me feel very old when I say that. But yeah, back, we didn't have the internet or things like that back then. It was Shoot Magazine, Match Magazine, 90 Minutes, the 442s and stuff. So yeah, that was that's where I fell at 11 football. And then obviously, as part of that, played football a lot. Um, it was quite, um, um, I was quite small as a kid, I had quite late growth spurt. So uh, I probably moulded, I started in centre midfield, but I'm pretty much, I would like to think I'm a very good centre, a decent centre defender who will give you, um, might not be brilliant in the air for his height, but probably a little bit better on the ground than, and, than his height suggests. And I'll always give you 100, 110%, whatever that is. But yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I haven't played for a while, actually. I'm sure like most people, unfortunately, we've been um, unable to play or, or it's been harder to play, hasn't it? So yeah, I'd like to get back into it, even if I'm, uh, 40 years of age so if anyone is looking in the West London area looking for a 40 year old centre defender then I'm, I'm here well I think was it Zlatan's going to be 40 I think next year maybe so don't don't okay. hack yourself out yet um, well that's true yeah 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 you, still, you can still drink but yeah um, yes I would like to I did yeah I would like to get get back on the pitch soon but yeah I think that my days are behind me and I think I'll be more off the pitch in, in a football club yeah rather than right. on, on it but yeah of course who doesn't dream about being being Zlatan or anyone like that is my not my background is non-league football, but I'll sit and watch any football and and sometimes it's nothing better than watching the best players in the world. And you know, I'll be very fortunate in my job, but also my personal life to to see some of the best footballers in the game. So yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Actually I was gonna follow up about on your childhood and sort of yeah, um becoming a fan of the game, but you, you sort of took the question from me. You mentioned already uh, was it shoot and and um 442 all these magazines I was going to say what was yeah sort of the first one that caught your eye but you've answered that I was going to say for myself personally I definitely I remember those magazines I remember sort of the panini sticker books um, yeah, exactly. power pods were quite a quite an engaging sort of that that was a very strange sort of like window that came and went I don't know if you're familiar with them do you remember the the power pods I don't actually that might be how old are you if you don't want me asking 26 26 oh yeah yeah that, that, that the sort of thing that yeah I, I think that might have been I might have I might have been around rather than power pods, probably started reading like Loaded magazine or Sky magazine uh, or HM or something like that. And that's in my brief as well, I didn't think football was as cool <laughs> as, as, as those things. But yeah, um, uh, I would, yeah, 90, Shoot magazine was, I still got my copies of, they're all in my garage. I've moved house this year. Nice. And then my wife was like, are we still keeping these? And I'm like, these are staying with me. Shoot magazines, all the magazines that I've got. And 90 Minutes was a big, big eye opening for me. And, and, and the fanzines as well. I used to read fanzines as and when I could get to games. Obviously, the non-league, there were fanzines in non-league, but 
wherever I, if, I, if I went to a big game in London or, or, or up to Manchester or anything like that, then I'd always pick up the fanzines. And I still do. When Saturday comes, a, I can't believe I haven't mentioned them yet, but when Saturday comes is, is fundamental in my not interest in football magazines. And uh, yeah, I still subscribe and sub- I subscribe till, till the day I die, I imagine, unless they do ever, ever ask that question in the season preview to MK Dons fans, which they don't at the moment, which I'm, I'm fully on board with. So yeah, I'll, I'll subscribe for as long as I can on that. And, nice. Yeah. Sounds that, like you have yeah. quite the collection. It sounds like you're still building a decent Yeah, I don't think the wife approves, but yeah, I mean, they're there. So yeah. Uh, they come with me really so. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the age difference and sort of where you were at potentially when these power pods came out you mentioned FHM and now that I think about it yeah this this wouldn't have been uh, maybe up your alley at this point they're literally were like <laughs> in their surprises that were like football themes so it was like a chocolate egg with a footballer inside yeah. so yeah if you were if you were reading FHM maybe you're a bit beyond that to be fair maybe, maybe yeah 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 but i mean again if in my garage there's an enormous amount of football tapped uh well tap some people say tap i don't think it's tap my wife thinks it's tap so yeah uh, i'm yeah i'm not surprised that that sort of thing would probably have interested me in the right time but yeah it's um that's a great thing about football isn't it? there's so many different ways into it and there's so many different things that people that people want to do around it and what you know yeah but little things like that i mean for my i would probably go back and say the, the Coca-Cola balls, the Italian anti-Coca-Cola mm. balls. Uh, I remember them like it was yesterday. You know, I won't remember, have a, I won't know what colour the ball was in the last World Cup, which I, know I was lucky enough to be in Russia. You know, I wouldn't be able to do that. But Coca-Cola ball from Italian 90 that I had, um, yeah, I'd be able to recall from, I'd be able to draw it for you now, and I'm a terrible drawer, but I'm sure you can work out what it is. Yeah, no, the nostalgia is one of my favorite things about the world of football, the classic kits, the the classic, you know, that Coca-Cola ball like you mentioned. So um, actually, again, sort of jumping off of another thing that you mentioned already, which was the fanzines. You yeah. um, you started your own fanzine in 2012, which was a stand football fanzine. Yeah, well, before that, actually, uh, okay, uh, yeah, I thought you were going to ask me about the Oval one, which not many people ask me about, which is fair enough. But no, yeah, no, uh, go on, uh, tell me about this uh, Oval uh, one, yeah. Yeah, so I did, uh, 2002, I did the first issue of what we called On to Victory, um, uh, the Oval fanzine, and that ran on on and off for about seven, eight years. And that sort of gave me the, um, that was, and again, I hate to sound like an old bloke saying it was better than the old days, because it wasn't, to be fair. But I, was, I would print it out on Word on the printer and then cut around it and then glue it onto a, basically creating my own fanzine, and then the bloke would just photocopy it. And the, so it all started at very basic, but that, that went well and it was great to do it and I loved doing it. And Yeovil had had a couple of fanzines, but never one for that long time. So, yeah, and then that led well, probably about 2007, 2008, I think we finished it. Um, just because I moved to London, to be honest. Um, like most, most people uh, leave the, the sleepy, um, sleepy, sleepy towns or sleepy areas of Somerset to... The big bright lights have always, yeah, I've lived in Manchester and I've lived in London. So um, I, yeah, we were, I think I was just getting a bit downtrodden with, with football and everything about it. As a Yeovil fan, I'd grown up non-league football and, you know, I've been able to get the players autographs when I was seven year old with a can of Coke and, and it was the best thing in the world. You know, to then growing up and then almost having a pint with the players after, the, after games and stuff like that. But then as Yeovil got better, that sort of thing didn't really happen as much. And 
the players didn't necessarily live in the town, which they used to do, or they used to be locals that, that would work in the Oval and then they would play football part-time. So I kind of, it kind of dragged me down a, a little bit as we got a bit higher and I saw the, the so-called promised land. And we got, and as part of that, I just, I, there was a general movement as well, as particularly more so in Europe rather than England. And we, me and a few mates just uh, had spoken on Twitter and social media. Now there's a lot of things to be said about social media and has its negative side of things. But the best thing about Twitter and social media, it brings similar people in completely different areas together. And then, so that's what happened with Stan really. And me and, me and Dan, who I also, who we, we set up Monday out together, we set up a fanzine called Stan Against Modern Football. Um, and it was very much, it was like the younger, the younger, the younger child. If you look back at of what Mundial is now, it's very much the, you know, the Mundial version one, essentially. It was, it would look, we wanted it to look good, you know, we wanted it to be designed properly, but still have an element of that fanzine charm, of course. And yeah, we just started asking questions about ticket prices and, and covering a lot of things that were starting to get talked about a lot more. And then, um, I'm very proud that we won the Football Sports Federation Fanzine of the Year one more, which was uh, one year, which was which was great. Um, and then, if I'm brutally honest, I have to be brutally honest. Uh, we just we probably got a little bit tired of being so um, focusing on the bad stuff about football, the high ticket prices, the the inconsistent and sometimes harsh policing to the to not being able to drink at games and to all these things that, you know, that we spoke about on a regular basis. After a while, I realised that, that we, the stand against modern football was, if I'm being honest, and it's sad that I'd say this, was fairly futile because not enough people cared that much and not an, and also the, the, the juggernaut that is modern football, if we were saying, had got so big that we were, you know, and again, I, I didn't want to go back we didn't do stand to it's one of the criticisms that we got. We didn't want to go back to the stadiums of the eighties and, and things like that and have, you know, death traps of stadiums and, and racism on the terraces and things like that, which was obviously a, a thing back in the day. We didn't want to do that. It wasn't like some, some Luddites going, Oh, this is no good. It was essentially let's take the good bits of the old, of the old bit and let's keep the good bits of, you know, like the safe stadiums and great facilities and, and good food. You know, you mentioned it there. It shouldn't be a. It shouldn't be a. Uh, it's frowned upon that the food's good somewhere. I'm not saying you have to have these amazing, you know. But if you're paying eight nine pounds for something, I want it to be taste decent, and and I want the beer to taste okay, if, you know, rather than just a, a gassy lager out of a bo- warm bottle. We need. We are spectators, and that's what obviously people do a lot better abroad. But uh, yeah, we we just realised that we got quite tired of, of, of fighting this that same battle. At, in our, in our way, obviously, a lot of people at like the Football Sports Association or the Football Supporters Federation, as it was known then, would do great things. We had contacts at places like Spirit of Shankly and things like that. And it was great. Met some, some amazing people. We just went, just before the World Cup in Brazil in 2014, we went, let's try and turn this on its head a little bit and do something that actually looks at the stuff that makes us care about all the other stuff and makes those things annoying that it's too expensive or but why do we care about it's so expensive? Well, we care because it's so expensive because we get so excited when that goal goes in or we, we love that kit or we love those boots or they evoke something in us. So that's what, that's what Mundial came, how Mundial came about. And then a, a one-off, especially a one-off issue ahead of the, the, the Brazil World Cup was sold out. 
really quickly um, uh, online. And then, because again, we were all in decent jobs, you know, we weren't looking at, we weren't looking to create something so big that would end up being a business or anything like that. And yeah, Mundial went on from there really. And people asked us when we were going to do it. And when brands started asking us what we were going to do, the, you know, the Adidas's and the Nikes and, and Pumas and things like that, well, we're like, well, we should have a look at this. And it's gone on, gone from strength to strength since then really, which is a long way of answering the question that you asked. <laughs> just picking on a word that you used earlier with regards to yeah the sort of fighting the the good fight on behalf of fans as a uh, futile which again yeah it's, it's sad to say it but sort of yeah big football um is it, it's a tough nut to crack um yeah it is it is and it, it, it's a it's a nice nut <laughs> but yeah at times it can be a but yeah rotten at the core but mm. yeah i think yeah i remember then i we, we, i don't know if, Apologies if I'm jumping ahead here, but yeah, I, I, this all came together as well. With I really did fall out of love with Yeovil, and that was nothing to do with what happened on the pitch. It was all the off the field stuff, and and I gen and and for very, you know the the likes of the Oystons and the the Venkies and all these other Ashleys and stuff. But everyone knows about these. No one really knows, apart from hearing from me on various podcast articles and stuff like that. No one really knows what what happened at Yeovil, and unfortunately. The um, powers that be at Yeovil for a, a good, nearly a decade, just didn't invest, didn't do anything with the football club. Took it, took it for granted, and used it as their uh, siphoned off land that was part of the football club to themselves, which then they benefited from, and that really soured it for me. And I think the thing that think soured it the most for me was that it also coincided when my granddad started to get old and wouldn't, couldn't go to as many games. And then got so old that he couldn't go to games. And I'm, I, we all as a family decided not really to go. We obviously followed the fortunes from afar. And uh, all the friends that I had met over the years, uh, you know, I still hold dear to me. And, and we would meet up. And if it was on telly, of course, I'd go and watch it and things like that. But I couldn't bring myself to go to what used to be my home, which was which was sad. And then my granddad got so old in the end that he, he never, and he never went back. So I kind of resent, um, and again, this is a personal thing, but I resent the, the the powers that be at the time, who basically ran the club into the into the ground and were back in non-league football, which is and I love non-league football, but there's no way that a club should go to the championship second tier of English football and then back in a conference within a matter of four or five years just for neglect, really. And it was neglect. It wasn't necessarily um wasn't it? yeah, it was, it was neglect. That's what that's what that's what it was, and 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 we had all these amazing fans on the outside trying to do things, trying to change things, but it just never really happened. And yeah, and unfortunately, I've got yeah, I've got a very sour taste in my mouth about it, and that that's a shame because we just talked about how good football is and how it worked. But I think it makes me feel so upset and so angry about it still that. Um, because it's so good and when it's really good and when someone takes that away from you and it doesn't feel like it's your club anymore. It never, towards the end, it never felt like my club. It still, yeah, it still doesn't really. It doesn't feel like the club that I grew up and, lo- and learned to love and that my granddad told me about when I was a kid. And, and yeah, I know things change as you rise up divisions and things like that, but sometimes they don't, don't, they don't. sometimes too many things change mm. and sometimes they don't change for the better. So, yeah, it's a shame, and I, I, I'm doing things like this, and I've, I've done a number of podcasts about this, and just talked about, and I reflect on it, and it is what it is, and you know, Hampton and Richmond, who I, so as as this coincides, so this me not going to watch Yeovil Town, 
coincided with Mundial and going to watch football all around the world, luckily. And again, before that, I was a TV producer, so I used to get interview football as well. So again, I've been extremely fortunate to work in football. But um, yeah, I, I, I still lost a bit of love. And I think the, the jadedness from Stan carried over a little bit, I think. And then into the oval stuff as well. And I was just a bit... Well, so, and I went to Hampton and Richmond, which is the co- near the closest club for me, just to tick the ground off the list because I'm a bit of a ground holder. Um, 165 on that now, so I'm quite proud of that. Um, uh, and that was just supposed to be a one-off game, and uh, that was five years ago, and now I'm media director. I've been on the Supporters Trust board. Um, I'm on the board, the official board of the club now, so I'm involved in some all the high-end stuff and all the quite desperately dull stuff that actually matters a huge amount because it keeps the, these clubs and these communities together and we've, we've been having to fight that no more no more so than the last few months when we've not had any fans in and uh, right. things like that but yeah that, it's a long way about long way around me saying yeah I don't I don't really um, I look out for your results and of course I'll always have a soft spot for them and I just and I will always chat with I'm an I'm an Eobel WhatsApp group with all the Eobel fans in, in London and things like that. So of course we talk about it and of course I'm well aware of it. But Eobel played Hampton and Richmond last year in the FA trophy and I wanted Hampton and Richmond to win. Um, I think that was a lot of me being a bit resentful of what had happened. It was the first time I'd been back to Hewish Park, shall we say, for a good number of years. But it is what it is. Yeovil beat us three Yeovil battered us three nil to be fair. So <laughs> they had the last laugh but no, it's uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to take my daughter. I mean, my daughter's eight now, and I've never taken her to a Yeovil game, and that that makes me sad. But I think maybe sometimes too much water goes under a bridge, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, no, it's, it's sad hearing you hearing you talk about that because I can relate. You know, obviously, I, you can see the scarves behind me. I'm an Arsenal fan, but we haven't had such a like you know fall from grace necessarily. But I, you know, I've seen the likes of Blackburn, of, of Bolton, of Sunderland, of, of Wigan, and. Um, yeah. I can relate because at the end of the day, you know, the club, it, it really does become a part of your life, a big part of your life, or it can. I, I was stupid enough to get an Arsenal tattoo, so I can get rid, I can get rid of the scarves, but <laughs> the tattoo, not so, not so much. So I, here's me hoping like an idiot that they don't fall from grace and then I live to regret this, but <laughs> moving on. Or oh, sorry, go on. I nearly, yeah, well, I nearly got the Town tattoo. And I sometimes look back on those days and think, well, you know, but... yeah. It, 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 it is what it is and I know you're not supposed to necessarily change your teams and I wouldn't necessarily yeah. have changed my team um, I've just um, grown, to, grown to love someone else as well <laughs> right. yeah that's fair enough I guess that goes to show there's two types of people in this world but people like you who are smart enough not to get the tattoo and then the people like me yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well we might jump back to, to non-league and uh, Hampton and Richmond in, in just a moment but back to sort of the Mundial project and a specific sort of uh, offshoot of that that we referenced as well which is uh, the giant podcast which was born out of a collaboration with, with spotify at richmond so that features stories from football fans across the globe and uh, sort of highlights the commonalities of being a football fan no matter where you are but then also conversely shines light on the unique football experiences and stories that we all have as individuals from different backgrounds so seb can you tell us a bit more about giant and then yeah. Yeah, maybe if you could regale me with a story from, from your travels. Oh, blimey. Oh, you, I love you got. No, no, I'm, again, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that. We were asked quite a lot if we were going to do a podcast. And we said that, um, we pretty much said from the off that we didn't want to do something that was already being done extremely well. Talk about what happened, you know, what happened at 
we got you know the football weeklies do, um, and things like that, totally football shows. And there's no point trying to be replicate that because it's being done so well. So what's the point in, in having, even though we might have a slightly different opinion or take on something, it would just be four of us sat around and might going, oh yeah, look at Salah, did he die? You know, and we might we might have a few more swear words or whatever, but yeah, it's not going to um, not going to change. It's not, there's no point doing it. So we. We held off and we held off and we one thing that again my background was TV production so I made a lot of programs that most of the programs that you see used to see on Sky that had greatest in the title like football's greatest football's greatest teams anything with the word greatest in the title which again I'm very lucky to have done but we wanted to tell a bit more of a story and I think we want to bring what we do so well with Monday out and be democratic about it don't just focus at the top end the very very top end or the best players and the best teams we wanted to be democratic about it we wanted to uh, yeah i mean again it's our tagline remind you why you love football and, and we and, the, and luckily i say luckily you know, so, yeah a subscriber of ours was um alex he worked at spotify and we yeah it took a while for us to uh to finally um seal the deal shall we say and uh they they, they commissioned us to do a six-part series between 45 minutes and an hour of each episode and that was obviously brilliant because we wanted to do it properly and it's something that we always if we want if we're going to do something we should, there's no point doing it half assed and i know it's an easy thing to say that but and we've turned things down because we in the past because we don't feel that we can reach the the, the values the quality the level of production values and quality that we would want so obviously having someone like that on board was incredible in for us to be able to go and do what we pretty much what we wanted to do so yeah the six part series we ended up going to america for three, I think I was there. We were there for three weeks, and my wife wasn't too impressed with that one. But uh, uh, it was it was in, it was incredible time talking to just just to give you an example. And again, talking about adventures. Um, so we spoke to players about one of the episodes is about the first season of the MLS. So we spoke about the first season of the MLS to Alexi Lalas. Uh, oh my goodness, I'm trying to think. Uh, um, Sunil Galati was it the 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 guy one of the guys who helped set it up to to then fans from DC United who who were, who were there as well and to so we did that but also at the same time we interviewed Michelle Akers for the women's episode uh, about women's World Cup and we told the story of the women's World Cup through a player from each tournament and their different experiences of, of football and how and how women's football has grown through that. So that was just America in three weeks. And yeah, I've never been on as many flights in such a short space of time, but having the backing of Spotify allowed us to do that. And it allowed us to make the sound, the program, the episode sound a lot richer, which we could have obviously, you know, we could have done something on Zoom or Clean Feed or whatever you want to call it with, with the likes of Michelle Akers and stuff like that. But it was much better being sat in a bucket at a horse ranch while she was uh, throwing balls to a dog and, and just getting that personality. And it sounds better than it. It, sound, it fills the headphones and that's one of the things we always want to do with Giant. Uh, yeah, and we were fortunate in that one. We were extremely proud of it, of course, the six-part series. And then it won the New York uh, New York Festival's Radio Awards. Um Gold and Silver, alongside ESPN and BBC, which was like, and again, talking about being proud, it's the most proud I've been of anything, and I'm still the most proud of it. And as a result, uh, we got we got a second series, and it's a slightly different format now. Uh, it's weekly, uh, over over a sustained period, and but the episodes are only 20, around 20 minutes, a little bit over 20 minutes on some occasions, but. Whereas we might have told the whole, we told the whole story of the MLS first season, 
if we were doing that now in this series, we probably would have chose the first goal, mm. which um, was Aaron Ronaldo, wasn't it? God, I've done so much since then. Uh, yeah. Um, we might have done it like that. I've been a bit more focused, a bit more laser, laser focused. But yeah, uh, we've obviously been like every, every other person, not just in football, but in, in the world, being affected by um, coronavirus. So we've had to do a lot more a bit more a few more zoom calls and a few more clean feeds than we would perhaps would have liked and but that's that's, that's just the nature of, of what it's been but we've, we have managed to get out at various times and it's been it's it's been fun it's been a challenge as well to do something different um, some people say it's difficult you know if you're a musician it's a difficult second album we felt we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to try and do something different to to replicate what we've done in the first series and we, we'd like to think we have done and we like, and the feedback we're getting from people is is great and yeah we're still making stories now I mean we're going into a second lockdown unfortunately so we're having to amend plans and things like that but yeah I, we're I'm extremely proud of what we've done I'm extremely proud of that um, we've done something slightly different in, in football podcasts and um, you know we use proper archive and the like and I know I know other podcasts and and, and things do use elements of that but the music and the, his original music as well, and its design, the sound design is, is, is again something I'm incredibly proud of. And, and what what Tayo and, and Harry Harris do with on an audio side of things is incredible. So, yeah, if you've never listened to Giant, I'd list, I'd dive straight into the first series and listen to the FC One One because I think it's timely, but also it's probably my personal favourite because it's a, it's the best one of the best stories of football. And we think we spoke to all the. Luckily, we spoke to the best people and was friends with a couple of them. So, and then if you're going to go into the second series, we've done a couple of good ones lately. With one on Pele, one on Maradona, and um, Maradona played for Tottenham Hotspur, and Aussie Ideas is testimonial. But yeah, jump in and, and have a look, and, and then the rest of them are on the feed. And it's 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 hard work, but it's good fun. It's yeah, we're very we're very fortunate to be doing what we're doing. So, otherwise, uh, moving just back quickly to. Um... Giant and Mundial um, in terms of the opportunities that that's afforded you personally with traveling and being able to attend soccer around the world, I guess. Is there a game in particular or one trip that you made that stands out throughout the whole Mundial Giant experience as something that you would never have been able to do otherwise that you, you can't believe you had the opportunity to do? I think I'll go back to, um, and not just, not just because of the... Uh, this podcast but I, I will have to go back to the American uh, trip because we have a very preconceived or some people we have a preconceived idea of what American Americans are like when it comes to football you know there's there's a reason why soccer guy or whatever his name is is, is popular on Twitter because they think that's what all Americans or some people a lot of people think that's what Americans do and, 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 and absorb football obviously I didn't think that but even I was surprised at the level of um, the level of passion, but also the level of knowledge. Like we were, we were sat around a bar in Washington. Again, more known, obviously, again, recent events, more known for his politics rather than a sporting hotbed, shall we say? And we're sat in a bar with four people, and we're talking about Trevor Francis when he played in America in late seventies, and how Trevor Francis was this person, person's hero growing up. And I'm like, that doesn't make necessarily make sense to me. That's, you know, you, you hear these stories of, 
everyone just watched Pele and, and Beckenbauer and, and, and the Cosmos and stuff like this. And you forget that there are all these people that obviously got swept along along that whole that whole ride. But Trevor Francis talking in, in and Paul Mariner, they were talking about Paul Mariner and Trevor Francis in such such reverence. And I was just like, yeah. And I think I, I and I, I mean me and Owen, we said it in the podcast, I think, as well, actually, that we went to games, we went to DC United home game, we went to an LA Galaxy home game. And the fandom is different. Of course it's different because it comes from different people. It comes from a different place. Obviously, the, again, home with, with, with so-called home of football, we've been doing this for 125 years. But you've been doing it for 125 years doesn't make it mean that we're the best and, and the best in it and the most important. And so the DC, you know, the MLS, what is it, 25 years, is it? I think that's why we did the, did the podcast, some of that. Just the level of, yeah, respect, reverence and the passion that these people have for the game. And again, against all the other sports, which are amazing. I love American football. Love, I like watching baseball. Uh, just what they had to put up with almost growing up watching, you know, watching football and before it was a lot bigger than it is now. That, that takes something. And that, I think that was the thing that made me, that was the thing that, the most, it was insightful, but it was also inspiring as well. Because I, I remember coming back to people, I said, if you think you know what, how Americans absorb or engage with football, you don't until you go to, and you're stood on that, I can't know what the end's called, with the uh, Screaming Eagles, isn't it, with the DC United. And honestly, when that goal went in, it was one of my favourite non-Yogle Hampton Richmond goals because... The, the joy and, and all the different people and, and it was brilliant. I loved, I loved it. And, and the, again, you have to, you only have to look at what American, American, Americans treat their spectators of all their sports with respect. And you can get the right food. You can get, I've got some of the drinks. Oh, it, was, it was fantastic. And yes, I, I could have a beer by the side of the pitch in the, whatever it was called, the Heineken bar on the corner mm. of DC United. And some people might have gone, oh, well, that's not the pissing wet rain at Barnsley away or something like that. No, it's not. But it doesn't mean that it's not good. And it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it and just go, do you know what? This is a different way of doing it. What Different to what we are traditionally used to. It doesn't mean it's, it's any worse for that. And I would say that that, that was my favourite thing. And we were due to go back, obviously, before COVID, to, again, to go back to... America and tell some more American stories and yeah I'm obviously gutted that we we, we, can, we can at this stage but um yeah I'd love to um I mean 2026 I don't know uh, uh, that is yeah that is that is that is a big road trip for me and a few of us and just going to watch football around America and um, and Mexico as well, isn't it? It's yeah, Canada, United States. Canada as well, yeah, exactly. um, I can't wait. I'm living here in LA these days, so I'm on. I'm on yeah, well, we, yeah, we went to Galaxy and LA, and fantastic. I mean, the people and, and all these people, you know, they just, I mean, it's just great. I loved it. I loved it. I really did. And it is just, it is. And I've, I've, uh, I've been using my, uh, and I'm not just saying this because they sponsor the Beavers, but I would recommend the FOTMOB app. Um, but yeah, I've got DC United down as my as my team on that. And I, I just just because I want, and again, if I can't always watch it or I know what's going on because mm. it's, they're just and the people as well. The people, yeah, they're fantastic. And, and but that's what happens when you go to football anywhere in the, in the world. But I was I was probably 
I went with some preconceptions which were incorrect and 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 I was yeah I I, I, I thought it was um and like I said I, I, ever since I came back I've said if you ever go to America on holiday or business or anything like that go to a game I think you, you know, uh, yeah and again I, I wish we could have gone for the second series and hopefully when when things mm. calm down one way or another with COVID or uh, or anything political instability I don't know right yeah. <laughs> on, on today of all days yeah no no sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no well, i guess i'll just for that note we are recording on well i guess yesterday technically was election day wasn't it but today's the vote who knows what would have happened by the time this goes live yeah you're right yeah. sorry hopefully yeah. by the time the podcast comes out they'll know who the president is because it seems like yeah. they're taking their sweet time with it but um, yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> um yeah no it's it's good to hear you talk about the, the game because they do call it what is it game day here i guess as opposed to match day they would they would refer to it is and um yeah, even beyond football, uh, soccer, I guess, uh, moving on to like the other sports, they, they do the tailgating here, which is a unique sort of like pre-game experience. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's just, we, it's a whole day out. I've gone to baseball games here where I've enjoyed the food and the festivities much more than whatever was happening on the actual field. So it's just, it's an occasion. Um, yeah. And I guess, sadly, with coronavirus, it's one that is being um, sort of, yes, sorely missed at the moment. In, in yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, nothing replicates and nothing replicates that being there, does it? And it's funny you mentioned um, match day. I don't remember match day being a big thing when I was when I was a kid. You know, the phrase match day, mm. I think it's quite very, it's, it, it is newish thing because I think when they look at it, they go match day one, match day two, and things like that. And obviously, you know, English football's never been quite like that. So yeah, it's a strange match day. It's a strange. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, again, far, and I might be wrong on this. You, you can cut this out if I am wrong, but I'm pretty sure the word soccer originated from us, from the, from the UK anyway. And right. all, this, all this stuff about, oh, it's not soccer, it's, it's football, it's football, not soccer. Well, you know, it doesn't mean who cares. Yeah. At the end of the day, American football definitely shouldn't be called football but that that's the only thing yeah. that i think that is well, exactly. that you, yeah that's the only thing that you can maybe have a strong opinion good point yeah it does yeah these, these things stick and yeah yeah uh, i think yeah, like i said 2026 but is going to be a big one because yeah. obviously hampton richmond or yoga town have not done uh, pre-season tours of america not yet anyway so if anyone's listening more than happy to do it when covid allows but uh, yeah uh, I know, and I've no mates who've gone and watched Man United and, and Liverpool and teams like that. Looks great. I mean, why? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. when they do the preseason tours, it's a, it's a big deal yeah. over here. Um, and again, it's not friendlies. No one really cares about the match, do they? Friendly? No one. Not really. But it's again, it's what it's all the stuff around it, isn't it? It's all the stuff that makes you excited. That mm. the stadium's got eight thousand people, and you're doing you're having a tailgate, or you're chatting to some bloke from wherever. That's if your football brings people together in, in nothing. And like most sport, but probably not as many sports can compete with football in brilliant, in brilliant. You can mention anywhere in the world, and I've been been to so many places, uh, fortunate to you just start talking football. It's just the easiest, it's the easiest connection and the easiest link to to um to to chat to someone. And that's it, you're on, you're on then, aren't you? It's fine, yeah. Yeah, and you can tell that it's it's growing over here because now it's gotten to the point, even with these preseason friendlies, where back in the day it would have been whichever club coming out to play the Galaxy, to play DC United. Now you're seeing Arsenal play Bayern Munich in Colorado. Yeah. And it's not you're not banking on the Colorado fans to come in and watch their team play Arsenal. These are just people who want to see two European clubs play for the sake of it because they're fans of soccer, fans of football. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's really come yeah. a long way. 
Um, yeah, no, it's, it, 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 it's, yeah, again, I would just reiterate what I've said. If, if you are in America, and obviously we might not, none of us might not be there or around for a while, but yeah, I would leave your preconceptions or any ideas that you think you know about American soccer or Major League Soccer, or whatever you want to call it. It's, um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good, it's a brilliant place to watch football. Yeah, leave them at, um, what is it, the, the check-in at the airport. What was that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> leave yeah. your preconceptions there. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, one last question for you, Seb. Um, sure. Just jumping quickly back to Hampton and Richmond Bar and the work that you do for them as the director of the, uh, the media. So yeah. um, how, without having been in the position of working for a Premier League club, for instance, besides, I guess, sort of the, the budget and the exposure, how do you think, if in any ways, does your role doing what you do for them differ from the same job title if you were to be at, say, a Manchester United? Yeah, I think, I suppose, obviously, these teams, they'll have, they'll have teams just on social media. They'll have teams on a, on a specific platform on social media, of course, and rightly so, because, you know, when you're the world's biggest, one of the world's biggest football clubs, you need to. And, and then you'd have teams, language, you know, mm. Chinese and the, the um, Spanish version and things like that. I suppose, yeah, don't get me wrong, I, I was maybe a little bit naive in thinking, oh, yeah, I'll just do it. I'll help them out with, with, uh, with things. And when I'm posting um, when I'm posting tweets at 11, I'm posting a part three of a post-match interview with the manager after a friendly like I was last night. I do not regret, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't look at it at a bad thing, but yeah, I was probably a bit naive to think, oh yeah, it'd be fine, I can just have them out and we'll, we'll find some people. But I think, again, it's volunteer-based again. Everyone I know and everyone that works with me, the photographer, the, Ben, who's my so-called assistant, but much more than that. And then I've got, there's a WhatsApp group of about seven or eight of us. And all the, we all wear different hats. One does the program, one does the stats for the website and stuff like that. Again, I think you just, you wear many hats at this level because you have to, and that's not just in terms of media stuff, but everything. I'll, some of the things I've been dealing with the last couple of days involve talking to the guys who are going to put the sponsor boards, some sponsor boards around the ground because it's on telly and things like that. So, yeah, it's not technically media, but yeah, I think that's what, where a difference in the, and, and when you're doing it as a volunteer, you have to read, you know, it's not like someone's paying you X amount to do it. If you're doing the volunteer, you're making that that special effort. And yeah, it's it's fun. I love it. And I'm very proud of what we, we've started to do with Hampton Richmond in terms of the output. It's, don't get me wrong. I know it's a, non, it's a sixth tier English football club in, in the suburbs of London. I am not for a second expecting us to uh, be known throughout the world uh, and, and, and get stupid number, you know, tens of thousands of followers and stuff. But again, it goes back to that quality thing. If we've got some people, whoever, you know, maybe yourself or someone like yourself, just following our fortunes and might buy a shirt and might chip in for the, the food bank that we do as well and things like that. And that that's fine. That's, I, I think that's great. And I'm not, I don't necessarily want, there's no, well, we're not going to let's take over the world, so let's just forget that, but it doesn't, it's, it's great. And one of the things that we wanted to do during lockdown was provide DM free streams, not just to reward our own fans for their loyalty for various reasons during lockdown, and um, whether they helped out with the food bank or whether they share, just from everything from sharing tweets to helping spread the word about the stadium name draw. We did a raffle for the name of our stadium and 
we kind of spun that naming rights thing on its head rather than going put something nondescript that no one really cared about just because they gave us some money we we did we charged tickets 10 pounds each that anyone could do it you know you could you could attend as many times as you want and it would be your name on the stadium or a charity whatever you choose and that and that that garnered as you know as much nearly nearly as much money as we got from one person but all the associated attention that it got was great so the streams that we're doing and we once carried it on with the streams on youtube again we're only able to do it because of the amazing volunteers we've got some very technically minded volunteers i have to say dave and jason who i say thanks to on a, on a daily basis but yeah we had so we had a game against eastbourne a couple of weeks ago and there was nearly 600 people watching it pretty much it's like the, the battle of the boroughs right yeah, the Battle of the Boroughs, exactly. See, yeah. someone <laughs> no, I like it. No, it's good. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you say things on commentary and you wish you didn't, but yeah, yeah. again, we try and be a bit irreverent about it. I'm not expecting 600 of those people to come on here and know exactly what is happening, who are the players, who are the Hampton and Richmond. I want them to just, again, try and replicate that charm at non-new football, but albeit on a stream on YouTube, I get it. It's not, it's, it's taking something and trying to make something completely different, but I like to think we've done it, and I know Dulwich are doing a similar thing. I said I know how much Hampstead are doing a similar thing. It's 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 a great opportunity for football clubs. And I, if we pick up Fulham fans that come to some games, and they might come to a few more games when we when we restart, or we're very lucky. We've got Fulham, QPR, um, Brentford, not far at all down. You know, we very nearly had another Premier League team mm. on our doorstep. Yeah. It would have been great. I would have loved that because then we and then when there's international weekends and and the like, and we say. Well, then come down and watch this for right. or whatever and have a pint and you put you can't do again not not trying to convert them into this oh come on every week non-league football has to be adaptable and everyone at the club has to have that same mentality you have to be welcoming to the first if this is their first time they've come to this uh, this old very different stadium then treat people with respect and yeah I, and again i think that's one of the beauties of hampton and richmond i know most non-league clubs have it to be fair you well, hopefully um, you'll be getting excited in the, the commentary box for, for your upcoming FA Cup game for Hampton. Well, yeah, it's funny, actually. We won't, we won't be doing it because it's on BBC Sport. It's on BBC Radio London. Mm. It's on so many different ways. It That's just it. felt good. And we have to manage that and have to liaise with that. It's a shame because obviously right. I'd love to have done that. But, and there's obviously various contractual things related to... This progressing as far in the FA Cup, but, um, that's fine. I, I'm not saying I think that. I think it'd be nice to try and again. We've got the different print media. We've got normal. We've got photographers that wouldn't normally be at the game. We normally have one photographer. We've got. Um, we had over. We've had ten different people apply for it. We can only fit a certain amount because of COVID. So it just goes to show. And we've got. We've got a crew of BBC people there, and uh, and it's going to be great. And it's and. and It'd be a great day for a football club, apart from the fact that no fans would be there. But that, which is, yeah, there was 3,000 there last time and we, they, Oldham scored in the fifth minute of injury time to win. Uh, but it was still one, one of, my, it was certainly the best night in my Hampton and Richmond Borough supporting life. That's a short life, I get it. But people talk about it fondly and it would be a real shame that it won't, won't be buzzing. Mm -hmm. We're trying to do a few little things like get fans to record messages which then we play over the tannoy and stuff like that. And they choose a, help choose the playlist to make 
and little things like that. Yeah. And they're, they're not the same. Of course, they're not the same as being there, but that's what we, we try and do. And, and anything that we can... And that we're, the, the fans can submit questions for the press conference that we're putting on tomorrow, things like that, just to try and make them feel part of it, even though obviously they can't be on the day. But who knows? I don't know when this when this podcast is going out, but um, yeah, we might be in the second round for the first time in our history. But we'll, we'll When's the game happens. again? It's the game's on Sunday. Sunday. I'd imagine this might be after the fact, so this will be... That's fine, but hopefully you're listening to this and going, oh, exactly. that was a they do well against Oldman. They're in the second round away to Sunderland, which would be something, yeah. Exactly. Football's football's football. It's going to be very hard, very hard test for Hampton and Richmond. But we're a better team than we were last time we played them. And I don't know if they're much better than when we last played them. So just based that was that's based purely on where they are on the table and things like that. Well, but yeah, so we'll see. see. I'll be watching, and uh, probably probably Paul Scholes will be watching too. He's an olden olden. Well, player. yeah, yeah, because he's manager of Salford at the moment. And I think so. Oh, he might be busy. Okay. I know, but I think they're playing on the Saturday, so yeah. He, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. There you go. There'll be yeah. two, two gingers watching at least. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, Dan yeah. Sands, my the co-founder of Mundial with me. Yeah, he's uh, he's a redhead, so he might be okay. watching. Okay. Strength probably... in numbers. There you go. He often takes the mickey out of me for my Hampton. Joking aside, uh, yeah, obviously we have an office of well, the four directors: one, two Liverpool fans, one West Ham fan, and then one Hampton Richmond Borough fan. It often leads to quite a few funny comments in in various meetings and stuff. But right, yeah, hopefully that portrays the democracy or whatever the variety that we have in our output. You know, that's. Yeah, I typically, like I said, you didn't get to meet him, but my co-host is a Spurs fan, so we really sort of like come at it from opposite ends. Oh, right. Um, yeah, well. But yeah, um, see, yeah, I don't, yeah. And that's one thing I never really had growing up when I was watching. Yeovil, we, did, we had Weymouth for our rivals. okay. This season, for the first time in 25 years, they're in the same league, in something league. like that. I think Weymouth are above Yeovil now, which hasn't gone mm. down too well, but never really had that sort of, that huge, you know, that that, camera, Ivory, that, yeah, yeah. that crunch, which I love to, you know, I love. I'm very jealous, and I see my friends. You know, I know Liverpool and Everton fans. I'm Man United, Man City fans, and yeah, of course, it looks. looks it's good. only nice when you win, you know. <laughs> well, of course, yeah, it probably makes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it goes either way. Um, from, uh, from one of those dreadful defeats, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, but yeah. Well. I mean, um, yeah. Hopefully, Yeovil can get the better of Weymouth uh, this this season. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think that's that. That might be quite soon, actually, because that was I was after toying with going with, with a few of my old friends because Weymouth, despite our dislike of each other as a football team, Weymouth's a very nice seaside town and it's got a number of uh, drinking establishments, which I would thoroughly recommend. It's yeah. great for kids, obviously, being by the sea. Right, right. So, if anyone is listening, uh, uh, yes, I don't like the football team, Weymouth. Very, that's what I was brought up to do, but lovely, lovely, lovely place. Uh, yeah, yeah, and lovely fish and chips, and that's coming from a vegetarian, so you know they must be good. Well, yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Although, I, okay, I'm a pescatarian, so I do eat fish. So, yeah, me too. Me too. I've been a pescatarian <laughs> for I think you said what you've been doing it two years. I've been doing it probably twelve ish. Yeah. So yeah, um, I yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I miss my bovrels at the football match. I used to right, have right. Yeah, the Kidderminster. Yeah, the broth. Having a bovril, and whether it was pre season and it was 25 degrees, uh, welling away, I'd have a bovril, right? But it's 25 degrees, I'm like, yeah, but it's just what I do at football. I found that one quite hard to be fair, but I do believe this week actually a meat free bovril came out. I think it might be a beetroot version of bovril. Well, there you go, I don't know, 
Sounds yeah, very... We're not lovers of Bovril, but not lovers of meat. There's yeah, it does, meat it does, on the way. Yeah, it does sound very Dwight Schrute, which um, yeah, which might not be a bad thing, given that uh, yeah, that is the best TV program that's ever been made, maybe arguably in my opinion. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, so that that I don't know if it will catch on at Hampton Richmond. Maybe I'll get some at Hampton Richmond when the fans are back, and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, you'll be the flagship. Um, yeah, overall club. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, well said. That that brings us to the end of uh, today's interview. It's been brilliant, yeah, brilliant, brilliant time. Too um, long. I've said you know too many times, but um, yeah, thanks very much for asking me. And and like I say, if anyone, what I would say is I've been very fortunate to do what I've done in my life, and and I've had, but I've also been fortunate and had lucky opportunities at the right time, shall we say? But it's very, it's very easy to, um, you know, to get, or it's easier to get into football now. And there's obviously different means, podcasts, blogs, websites, all different things, whatever. I would just say, if anyone is wanting to do something like that or to, to do something in football, then I would, and it's one thing I've learned massively from the volunteer team at Hampton Richmond is just, if you volunteer, if I would just get in at, at the bottom, put as much work in as you can, if you're going to say you're going to turn up, turn up, you know, that's always hard. Don't get me wrong, when we've all, we've all had hangovers and non-league trips away might not sound like the most exciting thing, but I would say volunteer at your uh, yeah, local league, non-league club, local, you know, help in any way you can because if you're good enough, people will notice you and, and, and that's, that's, that's important. And, and I can tell you now from the other side of the perspective, it's massively appreciated and You'll have fun as well because it's, it, you know, whatever level of football it is or whatever group of fans or whatever you're working with, then it, it's great fun and why not? And, and you'll, meet some, you'll meet some great people. But I would definitely say just, just persevere. But uh, yeah, I, thanks very much for asking me to come on. And uh, yeah, and thanks. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with the podcast because I know how, how hard it is uh, to do. And, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you for uh, for being my guest. And thanks for, like I said, typically I'd have somebody else here. So I appreciate you putting up with how obnoxious I can be by myself. So I, I commend you. No, not so in yeah. um, but I guess, yeah, yeah just before you, you jump off, Seb, um, how can our listeners follow you personally? And um, otherwise, uh, how can they follow your endeavors like Hampton and Richmond Gara or, or Mundial's Giant podcast? Yeah, I would. So, yeah, I would go. To, it, it, most people have Spotify nowadays, I imagine. And. Um, just, just follow us on them on uh, on on. If you type in Giant into Spotify, it will come up with our page and our feed. Just follow us, and you, I'm not expecting everyone to listen to every single episode. Of course not. You know, we haven't. There's not enough time. There's too many other good things in that there as well. But listen to the ones that you know pique your interest, or maybe listen to the ones that you probably don't think you know that are different. That's one of the things again. What I said about American experience. I would listen to an MLS story. Of course, I would have done, but. Some people were like, ah, oh, well, I listened to the MLS one. Actually, I really enjoyed it. It was almost like a surprise. I'm like, why, why wouldn't you? It's a great, it's a great thing. But yeah, so I'd, yeah, follow Giant and um, HRBFC at HRBFC on Twitter uh, and HamptonFC.net is our website. I realise yeah, that's a branding thing that I need to rectify. Don't worry. It's our centenary next year, so we're trying to do that at the same time. But, um, yeah. And HRBFC Live has a link to all the radio commentaries that we do at away games and all the free YouTube streams that we do um, at home games. So, yes, once we get this olden game out of the way, then we'll be back to 
lower league football. I think we're playing Hungerford on Tuesday night, so we haven't got time. You know, we haven't got much time to uh, to uh, recover, or certainly the players haven't. I mean, it depends how well the game goes. I might need a, a few days recovery if we end up winning. But yeah, well, hopefully you do. I guess. Yes, fingers crossed. You will know this if you if you are listening to this. You will know what the score is, and if we have been battered five 0 then I would still say watch Hampton Richmond through very good. We obviously had a bad day, but yeah. Well, thanks very much. I really appreciate. Yeah, no. It. Thanks again, Seb. Um, as as for us, you can you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at United Mates FP. Uh, check us out on YouTube, where many of our episodes are now uploaded as videos. We're going to continue to do that with the new ones, and that's going to be under United Mates Football Podcast on YouTube. Our Facebook page is the same name, United Mates Football Podcast. So until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Goodbye.